0: Crew cast! Crew cast! Crew cast! we give it up for the Crew cast! Whee! Wow, wah, wah, wow. wah! I've had that in my head all day, you know, from reels. There's that thing goes, wah, wah, wah. No. It's like a baby's voice. Uh, no, I don't know. And he's just like flashing up images of. Well, video quick videos of like something pretty, like a motorbike or a, it's usually a puppy actually, or a kitten
1: going. <laughs> no, I have no idea what you're about. <laughs> What's well, that? Instagram reels? Yeah. Well, like, it's probably TikTok as well. Yeah. Trying, <laughs> trying to oh my god! I just realised I, like, okay. I have
0: not done anything. My hair's a state. I haven't. I think I brushed my beard this morning. That's my lot. And I'm just here. Well, this is me in my natural habitat. Just. Yeah. <laughs> Vegetable Look at X. that. Wow. That is uh that's hair.
1: It is hair. That is hair. That's it's very accurate. Is hair.
0: Today has been one of those days, man. Yeah. You, know, you think you got it planned. Started the day beautifully, went to pick something up on the bike, was out in the sunshine, mm-hmm. zooming around, having the time of my day.
1: Mm. You got something on your head. It looks uh, like you're a bit dirt. Dirt like a on my dirt. head as well.
0: <laughs> I don't even care anymore. This is a dirty this, this is this is this is the reality. Yeah. Dirt on my head. Like right oh, there. it, it looks... might be bike oil.
1: <laughs> what is that? What is it? I don't know. It, it, is it, is it a... It's right there. <laughs> is it not going? No. Rub right across the middle of your forehead. That oh, feels weird. It's still there. I don't know what it is. Here. Guide me to it. Up <laughs> a little? Tetris. Up, up a little? Yeah. There, you're on it. <laughs> it's gone a little okay. bit. It's still a bit more there.
0: It needs a lick and a lick and a rub. That's. What I'm it so should.
1: glad the audience is here to be part of you rubbing dirt off your own end with my own spit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh dear. All the glamour of podcasts. Eh? Wow.
0: So it's, we're recording we're recording this one early for you guys because I'm away this weekend in London with my protein. Yeah. Second like labs event. It's called.
1: Yeah, my protein labs. It's quite
0: a cool idea. I think it's based around talks. Yeah. So there's you seminars, know, basically. Seminars, pretty much. Yeah, live audience and everyone's there. There's like. Uh, Matt Does Fitness there, I'm there, Eddie Hall, a um, load of other like legit athletes and stuff that they've got on board.
1: So it's like a, a TED Talk, but for fitness?
0: A little bit. A little bit, I think. I think there's a SAS guys there and stuff, you talks about what it takes to be an SAS dude. That's cool. Yeah, there's loads of people. Loads of cool things. Are you nervous? No. No? I'm just hosting part of it. Yeah. Yeah the rest of it's just chats yeah i like the chats yeah we're getting better
1: at it with this as well yeah true it is practice isn't it it's quite surprising like um going back i don't know whether you i think you saw it i I posted a a screenshot of like the the first podcast (laughs) or the second one that we did yeah i remember and then compared to like one that we did the other day just like the visuals but also the audio quality and also just us being able to like flow through chats so much easier It's like night and day difference. It's only it's been like a year of doing it like once a week, just over a year.
0: People don't do this. People don't talk, sit and chat. Mm. And it's the method of being able to listen and fight that urge to like say something over the top.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is challenging sometimes, though, especially if you've got something that you want to. You want to say, I yeah. think it's our ADHD brains that are yeah. just like, I was about to say I that. idea is <laughs> in our head, fire it out now. Go now before we forget it, go, go, go. Yeah, because often I do forget stuff. The, the amount of times I've had something, I'm like, okay, save that for, for later. Yeah it's lost forever it no one like, ever heard it
0: the way our brains work and we were talking today about because as you came in you rang me earlier like are you still good for tonight i'm like yeah yeah i'm just getting the thumbnail done you rang me at five and i said yeah i'm getting the thumbnail done yeah. you arrived at seven yeah. and i was in a mild sweaty fluster yeah because yeah. the thumbnail was still not done for my video which i had I'd had planned for like two days i've been editing this motherfucker since like saturday and uh just one of those things where you because I didn't have a thumbnail deliberately taken a picture of on the day, it fucked this day up. So then we were talking about how you need these protocols set in place for brains like ours where when we're always on the fly doing things, we're great. But the structure of getting every little bit done, sometimes those little things slip yeah. by, don't they?
1: Yeah, your issue was basically you've done all the legwork but forgot seemingly a small thing, which is the, the thumbnail, but you yeah. can't post... Well, you could post your video without it, but it's not going to do well without no. a good thumbnail. No, thumbnail's like
0: the key. It's, the thumbnail is basically like the movie poster. Yeah, yeah. You know, the movie trailer, really. Yeah. Because you don't get the trailer, you know. So that's the thing that makes people go, oh, that looks crazy. Yeah, I'll have a look at Gotta that. Got to have a need to click on that. Mm, yeah. So I managed to get a good one, though, by the end of it. Yeah, but, but you that, had a bit two hours of fluster. And by the time you got here, I'd gone through five other options. Yeah. I've got them on my phone there. Yeah. Edited. So I'd got five and edited five. And when you came in, was, and it's always that way. Why is it always the last one where you
1: get this like, bing, you never find that first. You never find the good one first. The thing is, I remember um, Lee Evans did this on a stand-up um, when it was like, when you're looking for your keys. And uh, and his wife was, uh, he played his like wife, and yeah. she's just like, Oh, it's always in the last place you look, isn't it? It was like, Of course, it's in the fucking last place you look. You're not gonna find it and carry on <laughs> looking, are you? Yeah, that's oh, there my keys? And then you just carry on searching around.
0: <laughs> but this, the image I found was legit the best of the ones I'd, yeah. I'd had, yeah. Um, and I'd already done the others. That's what I mean. It was like you know, I'd already finished it, and yeah. then I was like, "Well, just check what else is in that possibility lane." Yeah. And then, oh fuck, there's that one. Oh. Yeah,
1: I think it's almost it gives you it, when you've got multiple options, then you've got like a canvas to compare them. Yeah. When when you've just got a single option, you've got no comparison, so you just like, is that good? Is that bad? It's fair though, it's again,
0: it's going through protocols. Like I, I would hit a a, perf, a picture, and I'd be like, "Okay, that'll do," and I'll go to work on that rather than looking at the whole stream, and look and looking at three or four possibilities. That's that's the difference. Mm. That is right. So it's it's my own lack of that. Yeah, like, pres- just... procedures, mate. Right? But F- hyperfocus. See one, get it, do it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's it. And like I'm I'm talking to you like it's something that I'm perfect at because I'm not at all. But it is all something right. I do implement. You're not better at as putting as
0: Structure in place, though.
1: It's only because Emma pesters me all the time to do it. Like well, that's it. Yeah, cause, yeah teammates. Yeah, because she's super well organised and she has to be because of the amount of tasks that she handles. So even though that she's good at that. She also sets up her environment to like help her do it, which is something that I was so resistant to at first. Because I I got on quite well just doing stuff on the fly. I actually yeah. thought I, I kind of told myself oh, I was actually better without uh, much uh, planning. <laughs> because I wouldn't like I remember even back at school, whenever we had to do anything like practical, if I had to do like, you know, a presentation about Whatever I planned, nothing. I literally just got up and just winged it every <laughs> single time. And I, that was—I always did really well. I did so yeah. much better at that. So then I kind of built up this idea that like I just work better under pressure, and by actually planning, I almost take away my own edge. Do you know what I mean? Like that's Mate, you the see, story. You're
0: speaking my story. That's this is exactly story that what I, put, I say. I put all... myself.
1: Like uh, I told myself that but it's not really true like planning no. does not make you any worse like it's 100% nobody gonna make you nobody ever <laughs> has planned something and it's made them worse like yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> nobody thought oh well, we should have definitely done that randomly and disorganized yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: that would have definitely gone quicker
1: the only thing that actually kind of seems to pan out on and uh, is our social media on uh, on our bcb page mainly like anything that i put effort into and think about Sometimes it does okay. Yeah, The most random thing that just pops into our head always does great. Yeah, Like it's it's just on a a fly, it just organically just pops and we're just like, well, should we just do it now? We drop everything that we're doing, Mm we just do that thing, and then it does really well. Sometimes that's the
0: best thing to do though because you're a great idea and when you're in the zone and when you're in the mode, you'll nail it because you've got the exact idea, you want the exact like design in your mind Mm. whereas if you let it sit and percolate in there and then you kind of get it it gets muted by all these other ideas that come in and a little bit hazy you end up kind of faffing around trying to regain what your original thought was
1: yeah
0: i've been doing that thing again around the house where well i was doing until there was just a massive overload of stuff came flooding in two minute rule
1: Yes, yeah, anything that uh, is going to take less than two minutes, just do it. Yeah,
0: and do you know how many times I've walked away from something to have to walk back to pick it up or tidy it away? Because I'd be like, I, we're walking off and in my head we're going, two-minute rule, mm. and I, my own guilt would send me back to yeah. go and do it.
1: Yeah, oh, oh, to be fair, that's something I've been doing, and it's little things like going and putting the, like, the black bin in the, the black bin bag in the the, the outside bin because it's getting kind of full and I'm just like, I should probably do it, but I'll do it later. And then I'm like, no, just no. do it now, yeah, get just it get it done. Um, and there, there are so many, and it is actually quite handy. And little things like resetting the room when you leave a room.
0: That's a big one. Yeah, just Just, just putting those reset. cushions back. So when you walk back in, you're like, ah, fresh,
1: yeah. fresh environment. But then also, it doesn't like when the room starts to get messier, then you start to care a little bit less, so then you get a bit sloppier. Then you That's leave true. like yeah. a plate out. And then and before yeah. you know it, you've, got, five plates. you've, you've got to actually <laughs> properly tidy, which yeah. might then take you half an hour. Yeah. Whereas if you just spent the 30 seconds every time you got up and left, You'd never got in that state anyway.
0: And that's the, that's the whole thing about the organization thing. So, and that leads us on to today's topic, which is going to be training splits. What is the perfect training split? Mm. Because I've been getting this, I don't know why, it seems to be the question of the week. There's so many people have been asking, like, about being bored with training, not enjoying training anymore. Oh, just, and I always get this is always the kind of, oh, you're struggling to get to training, you know, oh, mm. got to get to training. And it's always a, oh, mood. Yeah. And we talked last week about, I'm pretty sure we talked about it. Was realizing, number one, this is the best, the first thing you need to do is realize that training is a fucking gift. We start taking it for granted because we have to do it so often. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you want the results, you have to be consistent with training, which means doing it often. But that also means you then start to take it for granted and then start seeing it as a chore. You need to not see training as a chore. You need to see it as your reprieve for the day. So whatever's going on, you need to be looking forward to but oh, at least I get that break it, to get to go training. Yeah. You yeah, need to start re- rethinking of it that way.
1: Yeah, it's framing, isn't it? It's the same as anything. Yeah. How you choose to frame anything in your mind is going to dictate how it's going to feel to you. So, yeah, just things I think we did mention it saying like you don't have to train, you get to train. Yeah. And just the way it's framed makes a massive difference to to how you are how you approach it and it is hard sometimes when you're stressed and you've got shit going on and then you, you realize oh I've, I've still i haven't trained today and if, if i don't do it i'll have, like messed up my, my split for the week and then i'll be paying catch up and then you might be in the mindset of i've got to train yeah whereas you kind of if you can kind of catch yourself in the moment which is easier said than done and then tell you like but that's still a luxury i'm fortunate that i've got you know, an able body that's capable of training. I've got the luxury of a nice gym or a home gym or if you go to uh, yeah. a club or whatever else, the, whatever your form Access of training is. some form of activity. Like, and I get to do that and yeah. that's going to help me feel better by the end of it because how many times does somebody finish a training session bar somebody getting injured? How many times does somebody finish a training session going, I wish I didn't do that? <laughs> yeah. No
0: this one. <laughs> you come out feeling like elevated and yeah. I found that th- that was a, bad thing to have later on in the day because if i would go training in the evening i'll feel great afterwards but now there's nothing left in my day yeah you're go gonna going to bed so i'm going to bed feeling great but for the whole day i've been like Muh. whereas getting in i've been getting in earlier even if i missed the morning i get in in mid-afternoon so i'm not getting the evening session in yeah. which has really pissed me off about today which is why i really set back so i had my day planned out today i was going to go i was going to get up get the edit finished which i did then Well, got got going on, finishing the edit. Then go pick up, I had to go pick up a parcel. Then I was going to go and get back, finish the edit. Then before you came, I was going to go to the gym, then loop back in time to come and do the podcast. But because of the whole thumbnail debacle, I lost three hours of my day. And that three hours was my reprieve Mm -hmm. to get to the gym. So then that's why I was, when you came in, flustered. Because mm-hmm. I haven't, at, in my head, I was like, well, I would have done training and done it. this. And I've got so used to, you getting into the evening and me having everything, kind of my physical stuff done. It's almost been a bit weird. Like, oh, just get the chill. Yeah, like, I can actually do that. So one thing is, I'd say is, if you haven't already, start training earlier in the day, getting in the mornings if you can.
1: I know Lee mentioned that he's started getting the morning sessions in now. Yeah. So I don't know how he's getting on with it, but... uh I believe personally, if you are able to do it, the tra- training should be the first thing you do. Yeah, because it's get, it's get enjoyable. Up, have a coffee, brush your teeth, get dressed, out. get out the door. Don't have, don't think about any other shit. Just get in and get it done like fairly quickly. Maybe if you want to do some meditation or some stretching or something like that, if you can be asked. <laughs> but yeah, I think training should be definitely one of the first things that you you do. Um, no, when like obviously I own a gym, like I know what it looks like at six six thirty in the morning when you know people turn up. There's not that many people there. No. we got 10, 15 people yeah. in compared to double, triple, quadruple that on the afternoon. Yeah, about four or five. And yeah. I don't know. I just feel like... I feel almost a little sad for those people that don't do that because I know how fucking good it is and how different it is and how it sets up your day so much better. Yeah. You've already knocked out a really challenging ta- task. You feel so much... You feel completely wakeful. Like, if you mm. got, got up early... Got your training done at the normal time that you might be getting up to go to work. You've already knocked out a massive, challenging thing and you're switched on, firing on all cylinders, ready to like go about your day, opposed to like bleary eyed, kind of groggy, needing another coffee, going low
0: energy, yeah, wherever you're going, having yeah. to build it up, and doing something non physical, really, you know,
1: yeah, exactly. And also, just the amount how much energy are you really going to be able to put into your training session? Don't get me wrong, it's challenging to put energy into a training session at like six thirty in the morning yeah. when you're new to it. Once you've done it a bit, it literally takes a week yeah you to get used you get to pretty used to it and after one, if you've done like one or two or three fairly challenging sets, your body is pretty up and <laughs> atom at that yeah. point because it has no choice has to be yeah. Whereas
0: if you go if you go from your bed to the coffee cup to the sofa to your phone to then to a car like there's at no point your body really having to do anything to, uh, that's uh, hard or yeah. challenging so it just stays in this lull so even if you can't go training in the morning maybe you don't can't get there in time to get around definitely do stretching in the morning mm. definitely do some kind of yoga or meditation so just get your body physically active and moving because getting to the gym is the best one because the weights don't lie to you yeah. Like you pick up a twenty, you, you know you can do normally, yeah. and it feels heavy. Like, oh shit! I gotta wake up. Like you have to start actively fucking, and then plus you're lifting and moving weights, mm. so your body's got no choice but to be like, oh shit, we're working. Yeah, adrenaline. Got, got to get going. going. Adrenaline. Yeah, you start. Obviously, we start getting those endorphin releases. That's not English. We start releasing endorphins. We start to actually, yeah, get that adrenal rush. We start to create that vasodilation, the blood flow. Everything's getting switched on as a result of this activity
1: and moving. There's also quite a bit of information done on obviously when when we train, there are large like releases of indre- adrenaline which circulate in your system. They don't dissipate straight away. Yeah, you your initial rush, like the the peak, um, obviously happens. Around around the training and individual sets and whatnot, but then the actual like I don't know I don't know what the what the word is, but then there's like a, it it drops off, but then stays at quite a steady state and has, yeah. takes a very long time to taper down. When you train right before bed you've got these like severely elevated and I'm sure they're like nearly 20 times what they normally would be without training, especially resistance training. Like that spikes um, adrenaline very high comparatively yeah. to even other forms of exercise. So heavy resistance training. I guess it's a bit like a fight. Yeah. And so then yeah. you you're then trying to go to sleep with like, 20 times the adrenaline levels yeah. that you probably should have if you'd have tried first thing in the morning.
0: And that goes back to coming back feeling great and then wanting to be doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's now 10, 11
1: o'clock at night, and you're like, fuck, I'll wind down. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, that's it. You've you've effectively just given yourself a little kickstart and that like little gentle bleed of adrenaline that's tapering throughout the day, Yeah. you're riding that nice wave and at a point where you don't need to be aggressive while you're at work, but having a bit more energy is fucking useful, isn't it? Yeah. And then like, it'll taper <laughs> off towards the evening when funnily enough you should be going to bed yeah so like it actually fits the circadian rhythm quite nicely opposed to then actually giving you probably less restful sleep because either you don't get to bed when you should because you come back and you're wired and you're like yeah i'm gonna get i'm gonna prep food for the week because i've got loads of energy and i'm (laughs) just like oh it's one o'clock in the morning it doesn't matter though i've got energy i'm gonna do it now yeah forgetting about tomorrow you that has to deal with like no sleep. Who's then going to wake up tired. Yeah. And
0: then going to... So you're definitely not getting to the gym again in the morning because so you need to sleep in to yeah. catch up that sleep. This has been a problem I've had. Mm-hmm. And um, then you end up with this perpetual cycle of late training. And, and then you start to falsely believe that you enjoy training late because it just becomes your habit. Just like if you start training every morning, you're going to start enjoying training in the mornings. Mm-hmm. We, we just... We are creatures of habit. Yeah. And so... Talking of training splits, one of the first things I'd say to do is try and train earlier. That is yeah. the first thing. You, regardless of what your split is, try and just put it in earlier mm. and see how that feels. Yeah,
1: if you've got if you've got the options, if if you know, I know completely understand some people's work schedules just do not allow it. I've been in that situation plenty of times for yeah. years and years where I couldn't even have a consistent time. It wasn't like I train at night, I train in the morning. It was I train when I get chance to train. Yeah. And l- literally sometimes it would be after I finished work and it would be 2 o'clock in the morning, sometimes I'd get up before work and it would still be 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> just depending yeah. on what hours I was doing. It was yeah. ridiculous. You just get it in. So in
0: that way, if you are like that, then the... the- mindset for you is to have that theory of i get to go training yeah yeah, yeah you just, just, just keep it a positive you get it done you and just, a reprieve yeah and keep it a reprieve stay the fuck off your phone when you're in the gym let's talk about that as well before we even talk about splits this is your the, favorite topic stay this, the, the fuck off your phone on, on in terms of social it's a media good job you
1: don't own a gym because you just don't mate have a, i'd have a, a mass band. i'd have a rubber, a rubber
0: hammer hammer and i'd go knocking people so i would there was, you, some gyms make you put your phone in like a drawer when you go in mm-hmm. now because it's such a epidemic yeah. this is a pandemic the real pandemic is mobile phones in gyms <laughs> Lex's <laughs> pandemic it is that's the true that's the true killer of your sessions not low energy not like the lack of ability fucking mobile phone distraction a pure distraction of my hand. I, that habit people have They go straight to the phone from the pocket before the fucking weights at the deck mm. it's I hate it because not only are you affecting yourself but for someone like me when I want to look up and look around in the gym I want to be inspired. And I don't mean I want to see some guy pulling 500 kilograms on a fucking deadlift. I just want to see some motherfucker around me working. Busting their ass. Yeah, I want to see people moving and working. I don't want to look around and see eight motherfuckers leaning on a machine, flipping through their phone. And don't tell me you're typing shit in on your little fucking apps, uh, logging your data, because you're fucking not, because I can see you scrolling. Mm. I can see the guys logging, and I can see the guys guys scrolling. There's There's a fucking difference in body posture and... Uh, the way that you're using the phone. So don't try and fucking lie.
1: It's why I actually, for a while, I, I'm using the app at the moment, but I went old school for, for a couple of years and like I literally would just, I'd print it off. And I yeah. just, well, because I was at my gym, I have a clipboard there. So I was literally there <laughs> with my, my little clipboard and my pen and I was just marking them off. And uh, for me, that was... Good, because I could yeah. leave my phone in the office. Well,
0: I think maybe have a little fucking notepad and pen. Write yeah. your shit down yeah. you and log it, it
1: later. I actually want to get a couple of BCB like, log book training logs. Yeah. Um, just because I've seen a few of them and none of them are that great from what I've seen. So it's, more... it's
0: also the tactile nature of having paper and pen and writing it down. It adheres to our brains much mm. stronger than it does when we tip-tap-tap tap into some kind of computer mechanism. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think it's nice to have a little notebook. I mean, it's nice to have those memories. It's nice to see this thing get slowly battered the more and more you use it in the gym and, yeah. and whatnot. And you can make notes when you're there as well, if you're feeling a certain way. So make a note. Yeah, make Write things down. Make it interesting. Make it a collectible. Yeah. Make it part of enjoyment Enjoyment of going to the gym.
1: Yeah, because I, I used to have like these little training logs from years ago. So I found a training log of mine that was from, fuck, it was my first house so I would have been probably 18 19 because um, yeah I had a little lean to and I got Gary like a set up lean to of the side of the house so it's just like it's not it's kind a of lean like, to lean to yeah. is that so it's like um, imagine it's kind of like a garage without sides it's just a little oh, lean roo- yeah like it's just thing. a roof on, on stakes yeah, yeah pretty much um and that's where i trained in lean that to. lean to yeah i don't is that know what if they that's it. is that a maybe it's a colloquialism. i don't know but i, I yeah. thought that was a thing maybe, <laughs> it maybe probably is. if no if, if like anyone's heard it before yeah if anyone knows if that's if lean to's a real let me know in the have comments. you got lean to yeah <laughs> do you lean to <laughs> so um and i found one of these logbooks like, from year when i was probably like 18 or something like that, and just reading back through the notes, looking at the training, because at this point, obviously not that I know loads now, but compared to then... Fucking clueless, and it was really interesting just looking back at the sessions, looking back at the weights that I was struggling. I was like, man, I was a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just really interesting, and just like and going through because I was training with my best mate Chris at the time, and like seeing his numbers compared to mine, and then we—I don't know—it was just it was very nostalgic to be able to do that, and I wish that I've I'd have continued that practice, so I yeah. could have had like years of logbooks. So then, just like. Go back at any point because realistically, most of this is you know, collect data. Because yes, you can follow programs, and most stuff works for most people, but everyone has their own individual needs. So, if and strengths and weaknesses, yeah, strengths and weaknesses, certain things that seem to, to work more efficiently for you than they would somebody else. And if you log everything down over time, and especially if you put notes in terms of like how you're actually feeling at the time and you're tracking your numbers over time you'll start to get a very clear idea of you can just basically run this system of refining your training plan to sort to- of, you know, it's a never ending cycle. You're never going yeah. to find the perfect plan, but like you're constantly just refining it, making improvements, changing things, yeah. adding new things in and then getting rid of the things that don't work as well.
0: And you can always look back and see how, how far you've got with something as well. So if mm-hmm. you're starting fresh, you're like, right, where's my freaking benchmark. Yeah. got to get back to. Yeah. That's, it's, I, th- I do. I think there's a lot to be said for it. And I think there's a lot to be said for just writing stuff down and staying off these fucking devices. We're not. We're not. We're not designed to be on these. We are designed to be more tactile, and and it is is literally. There's been studies that show that when we write on paper, we actually adhere to the information. I think it's like it's it's something like twenty or thirty percent more. Yeah, I than, know
1: people are much better at remembering things that have been physically written down as yeah. opposed to anything that's been typed down, or even just thought. It's the
0: same for me self-taught. at uni. Whenever a time, I always went back to writing stuff down for revision, mm. making notes of my notes. Yeah, because they were typed, but. That, so there we go. So, so far, this is what we're on. Stay the of fuck off your phones in the gym because it pisses me off. Just Lex. Yeah. But also, honestly, the distraction, you don't need it. When you're in the gym, that time is for you to focus on just you and the weights and the task at hand. Don't pull in distractions. Don't let people message you. Like, just shut your phone off. Put it on airplane mode. Put it on airplane mode. Your, your apps for logging shit will still work if you want to use those on airplane mode. They will. Yeah, I don't so, know. Because they, they, they must be an inbuilt system. If they don't, they're shit. I
1: have no idea.
0: And if not, get a fucking pen and paper mm-hmm. and do what we said. Remember, you get to go to the gym. You don't have to go. It's a, And and that's the point. When you get there, it's a break from everything else in the world. It's a break from the outside. It's a pure moment of time that you can dedicate to yourself. And you know that when you get that shit done, there's no other fucking way the, than getting better. Mm-hmm. You're coming out better for doing that session. Even if it was a shittiest session, it's still better than the one you didn't do. Yeah, it is. 100%. And that is a fact. And the more you get these little wins, these you could have hundred shit sessions and you're still gonna look better than the dude that did zero sessions.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fact. Yeah.
0: And you and you're gonna the mentality as well, when, when you come out of the gym, like we said, you're gonna have a higher energy level, you're gonna be m- mentally more alert. Uh, your body's gonna be in a literal higher state of um physicality and um what would you say cognitive cognitively enhanced yeah, I guess yeah. because we've got you'll have so many your hormones will all be flying around getting doing the fucking jobs the endorphins are in there pepping you up, the adrenaline's in there, keeping you firing high, making sure that you know you're setting yourself up for the best day that you can have rather than grind through some piece of shit to then have to grind through your session at night because you're tired from it and mentally beat down. Mm. I think it just works so much better and if you can't. Do that and get in earlier. Then at least in the morning, do something physical, whether it be stretching, simple stretching, yoga, or something.
1: Yeah, something that's gonna just raise your heart rate slightly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. anything like that. Even go for a fucking walk. Yeah, anything, anything just gets you alive and isn't sitting and doing looking at a fucking phone. From there, they're the basics. I think if you changed. If you're not doing those and you do that, this, the whatever split you're doing will seem better.
1: Yeah. I think maybe we should start with what splits we're doing right now. Well, no, let's start with the big thing is that there is no fucking perfect split. Oh, you've spoiled it.
0: Kaboom. You, <laughs> you have to say it. it. So if you're looking for the perfect split, if you're looking for the perfect answer, there fucking isn't one. There isn't one. There are a number of programs out there that will work dependent on your goal set. And obviously, if you want to become stronger, there are fucking power training programs. If you want to be become a power lifter, then you've got to follow regimented protocols mm-hmm. that mean not actually maxing out all the time and working to percentages. Yeah. You know, which is, and most people don't think that. They want to get stronger, so they're going to lift heavy as fuck for as much as they can and they break. And that's not how it works. So that is a many, but the the more niche you get in your goal set, the more heavily protocoled your training needs to be.
1: Yeah. The more specific you need to tailor that. Yeah.
0: So there's the whole shit ton of research in there, but the basics are this Consistency, Consistency, Consistency. Don't try something for a fucking week and decide you don't like it. Mm-hmm. You've not got shit done in a week. You haven't your body's not even bedded in. Yeah. Three months on any yeah. on any program. Yeah, don't minimum. program hot.
1: Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. You'll see somebody literally they'll do a few weeks or something. They'll not feeling it. get a little bit bored or, you know don't, don't see instant result. Yeah. And They'll jump from one thing to another. and it's fine to do that in a certain situation. you know if that's like if you just if you are normally really consistent, everything's really good and you're just like, you know what this isn't for me. But if you're somebody who's in a perpetual cycle of this isn't for me, then maybe it's not the program, maybe uh-huh. you're the problem. Always trying like, to find the trick, the yeah, trick way. There yeah, is you're one. looking for a shortcut. A lot of people yeah. think that there's there's some kind of like magic pill, and there really isn't. Well, there are some, but yeah. they're definitely, they're still <laughs> not going to work permanent. it out. They're
0: not permanent. And also, here's the funny thing looking for the shortcuts often man, makes shit take longer mm-hmm. because you're wasting so much time trying to yeah, hustle you're... hustle, and find these shortcuts and, and sneaky ways. And, and 10 years down the fucking line, that shit shows that it didn't
1: work. Yeah, yeah, you're almost each time you you reset and start something else. You're starting at the beginning. No, you're not literally starting at the beginning of the, again. again <laughs> fucking hell. But you're starting at the beginning of a training plan again, yeah. which is normally like an introductory phase, so the first few weeks you might like ease into that plan. So just as you're about to like hit like a, a more intense phase of the training plan, You've just yep. fucked off and gone onto another one, and <laughs> yep. then you're getting ease back into another one. So basically, you're doing boring ass training or dull training or something that's not that intense. Yeah, and then wondering why nothing's happening because you never ran it through to like through the course.
0: And the reason I said before, ten years down the line, it shows that shit shows is because that that's not a joke. Like ten years is an adequate timeline for looking at a kind of a lifetime change in the way your body's going to look. Mm. Like we're not you're not talking 12 fucking weeks and this is people need to realize this. Years. You're talking years. So your training needs to represent that idea. Yeah. So you need to be doing some shit. You think about it in a year's time do I still want to be doing this? That's what you need to be thinking when you start something. Could I be doing this for a whole year minimum? Mm-hmm. And if you if you can't see yourself doing it then don't start it. Go and find one that you can see yourself really grinding through for a year. Yeah, you know, or, yeah. Or, and uh, and progressing with, and that bearing in mind has to fit into your life, into your work schedule, your family schedule, and stuff like that. So, don't try and think you're going to be some competitive powerlifter if you haven't got five to six days a week to dedicate to powerlifting. Yeah. Like there's there are limitations just to certain things. So if you if you look at your limits and work to something that fits within your limits, you're going to be way more successful than trying to cram something into a schedule that you can't adhere to Yeah. because you're just basically setting yourself up for failure. And then that's disappointment. And then you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to become disheartened and then you're going to probably slack off for a little bit and then have to restart the whole fucking process over again.
1: Yeah. That's it. This is a conversation that I have with a lot of uh, our coaching clients because you know, I'll get the ask. get asked the questions like, "So, how many times do I need to train?" Yeah, and yeah. and my answer is, "How many times can you train?" <laughs> yeah, because well, but,
0: what's the answer to that I say? The minimum is three days a week.
1: Yeah, I, I say for most for,
0: people to see progression. Yeah, like you can train two days a week, and it's good for your health. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but for progression, you can 100 percent see progression from three days a week. Yeah, you yeah. just have to have longer
1: sessions. Yeah, I, I always say most people three to four sessions a week is the sweet spot. Yeah. You don't necessarily need like. After after four, after four sessions, like after more than four sessions, I would say that the, the there's massively diminished returns and all you end up doing is actually just reducing the volume in those sessions and spreading them out. Yeah, so you're true. still doing the same amount of workload just over more days, which is fine if for you, you want to get in more frequently because you want the headspace. But these there is the things. argument
0: for a frequency of stimulation on that one though as well.
1: Yeah, but it depends how the training structured, isn't it? If it yeah. was like, you know, upper lower twice a week, so you're hitting every body part twice a week, then yeah, you're then still you sufficient. Put,
0: then we talk about fitting it into your, your limits. So yeah, it's exactly. exactly a good example of that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really based on, you know, what are your limitations? Childcare, your job, mm. your partner, your travel, all of these things they need to be looked at. Yeah. They've got to, to be put in there. Those are all factors. So if you can only make it twice a week, don't be like, oh, fuck it. What's the point then? If I can't get no. in three to four times a week, I'm not going to do anything. still good for your health. Yeah, come in, to, come in twice a week. We've got clients at the moment <clears throat> that are in once a week and they actually do... Two home workouts because they've got childcare issues, yeah. they can't get away. Um, so they've got some bands and some kettlebells. So they have like these little mini feeder workouts. And then when they do come into the gym, they push it a l- little bit, ho- well, a fair Not bit longer, harder yeah. and um, try and get the most out of it. And those, those little feeder workouts, just carry them through the week. And they make good progress. Like, it, yeah. it's not it's not optimal, but for them it is because it's better than football. Better
0: than zero. Yeah, 100%. And it's giving them a focus when they're outside of the gym as well. So, well, I am training still, so I'm going to eat a bit better. It all spills over, this, the whole thing, but we'll get onto to that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, there's so much we can talk about with this, so we'll try and keep it a little bit dialed in. Um, so, in terms of if you're saying, right, what's the basic one you should do? Now, the big one, if we're talking about resistance training, everyone – we talk about the bro split. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what bro split is, it's like smash one body part a day, five days a week. You do four sets on that body part, You uh, four exercises on that body like part usually. day to die. So it's like chest day. Yeah, so you have like a chest day. Sometimes you'll have an arm day, which mm-hmm. is buys and tries. Yeah. But then the other day, I'll just, just be shoulders. Imagine, yeah. I couldn't believe I used, ever used to train like, like that. Just day. shoulders mm-hmm. on, a, on a whole day. The yeah. tiny little fucking muscles that shoulders is all I want. Just fucking crazy. But, So you would do a single body part on a day and you smash the shit out of it in that that session. You'll feel great by the end of it. But then the reality is, and this is why I'm leading into why you shouldn't do a bro split even if you're not natty, I still don't believe you should do a bro split. No, I, I just believe that if you're not natty, you buffer some of the error of a bro split. Yeah. And the problem with a bro split is, one, you are you are smashing the muscles so much that you're actually, by the time you probably get to about your fourth exercise, getting very little benefit from the exercise because the muscle's so beat down, your central nervous system is so beat up yeah. that you can't get the same benefit, contraction, focus, and even weight behind a movement that you would be able to get from an otherwise program that I'll tell you about in a second, another way of doing it. So what basically happened is you're beating a dead horse by the time you get to that final exercise.
1: Yeah, well, at that that point, it's junk volume, isn't it? You're just adding more volume into that session for very, very little, basically no return.
0: And the reason you don't want to do that is because when your central nervous system is done, you need to stop. Mm. because after that point, what happens is we start getting a negative hormone balance as a result of it. We start increasing things like cortisol, which we need cortisol to a certain extent. We need it in our system, but we don't need it overly elevated. And plus what you're also doing is trashing your fucking joints because you're smashing a repetitive motion over and over again because there's only a certain range you can move within to work a certain muscle. So chances of your injury goes up because one, you're tired as well, where you get towards the end and two, you've just beaten the fuck out of... Let's call it chest. You'll have beaten the fuck out of your elbow, wrist, shoulder joint, working that chest muscle. So what you should be doing, in my opinion, is a higher frequency split. Now, what this means is that you train everything at least twice a week. Yeah. Now, you can break that volume down however you see fit, but the easiest way to do it would be to take a bro split, chop it down the middle, literally take two exercises... From, from that chop on each day okay. and just spread them over two separate days, three days apart. Mm-hmm. But all, what you do to fit all this in is you simply train more body parts on a single day. So rather than doing one, you do two or three on a single day and you'll do two exercises, four or five sets on each of those body parts and then you'll repeat it within three days. Not only is this going to reduce the smashing of your joints to pieces, it's also going to increase the stimulation that you have for protein synthesis for each individual muscle that you're training. Because in a natural system, we only have protein synthesis for a trained muscle of around 48, 48 hours. hours. They yeah. say a max of 72, but most people think it's, it's like done it, after 48. I was going to say, it drops it's off. It's dropping
1: right off. Tremendous. Yeah. So if you
0: think of doing a bro split and you smash chest on a Monday, by Wednesday, your body's no longer diverting protein to develop chest muscle. Mm-hmm. And, and Well, aminos, obviously, are building yeah, blocks. yeah it's gone systemic again yeah. and it's concentrated on other body parts. So by training it twice a week, you are doubling the stimulation for growth mm-hmm. on your muscles whilst reducing joint deterioration and injury risk. Yeah, It's a fucking no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's more fun because you've got less to do on a single day for each body part, but you get to train them again later in the week so you can chuck in and out different exercises. I would recommend doing a compound and an isolation, one compound, one isolation on each day. Now, if you have a strength protocol, like you would say have, uh, all you do is you would go and do your progressive compound lift at the beginning and then follow that then with the high frequency training. Yeah. So you add in an extra exercise. Fluff as I'll call it. Yeah. You you would add in your major deadlift. Yeah. You get that shit done. Yeah. And then you would add in the high frequency with fluff exercises. Yeah. Something to yeah, drive like a bit more, more isolated and volume based. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's
1: gonna, you're going to get more volume but less systemic fatigue because obviously you can't drive all, well, you can, but it's pretty challenging. And, you know, like trying to trying to drive all of your volume through big, heavy compounds, definitely as a beginner, you can do that because you're weak. So yeah. the systemic fatigue is way lower. As you actually start to get strung, you can't just keep squatting more like. It's Some not people linear. can, it's it, but it do- the yeah, yeah, it does. It curves off quite a lot. So then you're like, okay, you still need to get, for example, get your squats in to start because you, if, especially if you want to get stronger at squats, you need to send very clear signals to your body of what am I trying to adapt to. But then there'll be kind of a drop off point after three sets, maybe five sets, where you're like, okay. I'm I'm getting pretty fatigued now. I know that I need to still get a bit more volume in because five sets of squats isn't enough for my legs in total. Maybe I could go off and do some belt squats or some leg extensions, some yeah. hamstring curls Something or some supported. RDLs or some some, yeah. some some other kind of lower body movement that's not going to carry that same level of like central nervous system fatigue that still is going to kind of get more volume in and stimulate that last little bit of a kind of hypertrophy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy way of doing it.
0: So to just run that back to you, It's basically training everything twice a week. You do less on each individual day. You train two to three body parts on each day, but then you repeat the process within three days. Sometimes I've trained things within like 48 hours again because they felt great and fresh and other things haven't felt good. So being organic in training, I think well, that needs an extra day's rest because maybe I tweak my knee or an elbow or something. So I'll give that an extra day's rest. I'll do that. But then it has to be done the next day. So you just work like that. And there's no, you don't, don't need to be stringent in my opinion either. No. Other than if you want protocoled strength gains from compounds, yeah, everything else can be organic. How you feel on a day, what you want to do, what you you know, what what's feeling good, what's feeling bad, what you want to focus. So if you know what works for you, you can
1: do that. I think yeah. I, I do think most people should have some like some level of structure. You can definitely auto regulate it. If something feels bad, don't do it. That's like, what I mean. Yeah. One of one of our um, members of the staff, he was on his way into work a couple of days ago, I think it might be Monday. Um, and he cuts through a park on his way in, in the morning and he slipped over. The grass must've been wet and he tweaked his wrist. Yeah. And he like, he asked me, he's like, what do you think I should be doing? And I was just like, just leave it for today. Don't train. Um, see how you are tomorrow. And at worst, skip your upper. It was an, up, he's on and up like two upper lowers. Um, so I said, skip your upper, go for your lower body session and then just feel it out. See if squats make him uncomfortable, which he trained today. They were fine. Yeah. Um, and he's going to feel out tomorrow. It. Doesn't matter, like if something comes up, if you need to make an adjustment, even if it was only going to affect him on one movement, like any kind of yeah. pressing, he could have still done his rows, he still could've done everything else. But and maybe done some flies instead.
0: People need to understand that just because you have to like miss one set session or something, you have to adjust it for something else, it's not gonna reverse what you've already achieved and it's the same with dieting like a lot of people do that they think they have one bad day the whole fucking week's ruined it doesn't work like that Mm. so being adaptable is actually going to be a strength in the long run being unadaptable is what's going to cause failure and cause frustration and also stress you out too when you can go into the gym knowing like well if shit's not there like you're at a new gym maybe on holiday well if that's not there I'll just swap it out for this like that it's, it's having the ability to swap you onto, but as as ha- creatures of habit, like we talked about, we are going to go to those certain exercises that we we want to get better at and enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So don't worry, you're not going to go in there every day wondering what to do. You're going to have a natural system that you're going to flow through. Yeah, and you can again write this down or work from you know something like a, a free something that you've downloaded from online. There's plenty of great great training protocols out there that are yeah. free to try. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm I'm personally very much on the side of frequency. Like I've I've done two days a week. I've done seven days a week training splits. I've done for, and everywhere in between. For me, what seems to work best three to four days. But right now, so I'm doing four days a week, and they're all full body. So I will literally have yeah, back this. to back full body sessions. So I'll train full body Monday, full What's body the Tuesday. Reasoning behind this. Um. So. It, it's a, there's a lot more fluff. It's a bit more bodybuildery at the moment, uh, so there's not too much systemic fatigue. Each session is completely different, so I'm never doing the same exercise for the same muscle group Yeah. Th- in that entire week. So there's a lot of variation, so that's, that's where there's o- it's not too much overlap. It's not like I'm squatting on Monday, squatting on Tuesday, squatting on yeah. Thursday, squatting on Friday. I'll be doing a leverage squat, then I'll be doing um, a hip thrust, then I'll be doing... Um, so oh,
0: So you're working up a lower...
1: No, no. it's so. Oh no, hang on. You're doing full. No, body. No, I'm talking think? about each day of the week. So I can show you an example of the one of the sessions. But basically, the session kind of varies. It's still full body, but I'm never repeating that same session that week. By full body, you mean literally everything? Yeah. So you'll hit shoulders, so, triceps,
0: biceps. Yeah. So it's chest, not always going to be as direct. Calves, hams, and calves. Every single day.
1: I don't try my calves.
0: I've got massive cars. (laughs) I don't need to, actually. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) So, all right, let me show you an example. Um, So, lat pull down, low low incline dumbbell press, Romanian deadlifts, single leg leg press. Are you just doing one exercise
0: for each body part? Yeah.
1: Uh Incline uh, hammer curl and katana extensions. How are you finding it? All right. Like the actual training itself is good. I feel very fresh, actually surprisingly fresh. Like joints feel really good. Yeah. But that's probably because everything's really light and fluffy. And that's also the reason I'm kind of bored.
0: Yes. I would say full body training is good for people getting back into the gym, people starting, you know, with little knowledge or coming back from an injury or just wanting to start building back up and get in. I wouldn't say full body training on a regular basis is really going to create bodybuilder-esque progression, but it's definitely going to keep you... It's definitely going to keep you fit. It's going to keep you moving. It's going to get all the things we want for health benefit-wise from training. Yeah. But if you want a physique change that's going to be anything other than weight loss, you're definitely going to have to dial it in more than a full body all the time. It's going I to think, have to be at least
1: upper-lower splits. Yeah, I think upper-lower works really nicely for most people. I like full body as well, not in the structure that... I don't dislike it. It's definitely got pros and cons, but I have trained three days a week, full body, and I've came in when I was younger and weaker. Like I was saying, not that much uh, kind of CNS stress. And I would come in every single session. I would squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, pull-ups, some like curls curls. of some kind, if I could be asked. And that was my session, like... Every, and six but you months. see, that's
0: a good stretch it compounds.
1: Yeah, just compound after compound, yeah. day after day. And I made progress. I made loads of progress, actually. Yeah. And from, from like a hypertrophy point of view, it was really good. Like you can't consistently be getting bigger, like getting stronger without getting yeah. bigger. But you will burn out on that. Yeah, and you does. will get.
0: You'll, it, it becomes it becomes a lot having to go all the way through your body every single time. So it's, sometimes it's nice to have a bit of that focus onto mm-hmm. certain areas. And I think that is a progression from where you go to is starting to focus and dial in more upper lower. And then once you get upper lower going, then you can start dialing in on your movements in terms of the compound versus the isolation you want to pair together for that body part that day. Yeah. So there's loads of little variations you can do there, but I think we need to just dial it in a little bit because we've got to cover cardio and shit first as well, and uh, not first as well. So what we're saying is, if you can train things at least twice a week, that is going to be more beneficial, in natty or not natty, in yeah. my opinion, just for the fact you're getting extra stimulation and a reduced injury risk, A plus interest is higher. Well, also, the training.
1: The, yeah, the, the the level of interest, but also in terms of if you're actually, not necessarily if you're doing it just to get stronger, everyone wants to get stronger in their gym, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. just, it, it, even if that's not the driving force but there's a massive component of just the actual neurological adaptations. The fact that you pick up the skill better because, you know, if I went from doing a barbell back squat to doing a front squat, I haven't done front squats in a while. So they'd feel a bit weird, take a little bit of time for me to actually get quite efficient at that movement to then really start shifting weight over time and getting a bit more progressive overload. So same as anything, if you practice something once a week or twice a week, which one are you going to get better at? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the one that you practice True. more frequently. Yeah. So there's the actual skill of the lifts, yeah. which again frequency helps massively. Leaving it a whole week before you put a bar on your back again, of course squats are going to feel. Yeah, the mechanic
0: and mechanical the training of the, the mechanics of the body as well is going to suffer from that because obviously again like the the more that you do a movement, the more that 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 chain mechanism that you require to do the movement starts locking in and starts being able to. Uh, Stabilize faster and allow you to progress faster as well. Yeah. Because you do it once a week, those wobbles are going to take longer to go away. That you know, I, I just think overall, it's just it's such an archaic way of training.
1: Yeah, it's the same as anything, though, isn't it? Imagine if you were, I don't know. When you imagine you're first learning to drive a car like yeah. you've never driven before and you could jump in a car and do 10 hours solid in a whole day. Imagine what that last five hours of driving is going to be like. You're going to be tired. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be... N- your focus isn't going to be there. Then imagine if you spread that 10 hours equally throughout the week yeah. and how much more productive those 10 hours would have been. You know what I mean? You get multiple hour yeah. and a half sessions. When you break it down... you fresh and s- focus. It's, it's yeah.
0: mad that people still do the brosplit. Mm. Yeah. So but it, the it, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um so you do have to remember as well when you're looking at people like Arnie and, and, and people that we all look up to. I Actually said that today is uh he's gonna be they're doing the Arnold expo, aren't they, in um September. And uh Arnie's on the front of it and his like meet and greet is sold out instantly. Yeah. Like just gone. I was like allergic. isn't it mad how we all love that guy? Yeah. And when we and we he's getting on.
1: Mm-hmm. He's getting
0: on, man. Imagine when he goes, there's gonna be like a worldwide morning.
1: Yeah. I don't think he will. It could be bigger than a bit bigger. Just gonna be a head in a tube. Yep. Fully <laughs> future armor.
0: I hope they put him into a Terminator. Did, hey, Did you see about Google? No, this. there's a there's a guy who who was a, a whistleblower from Google, mm-hmm. he's, he created a AI mm-hmm. called I don't know what the fuck it's called. It's called something like Selena. I don't know, something like that, yeah? He has come out and said it became sentient. And he took it to Google when he was he was working with it, mm-hmm. and he said there was a moment where he realised it it became something it became aware. Yeah, and he took it to Google, and this they asked him if he was seeing a psychiatrist or anything like that, and shooed him off, put him on um for like forced leave. Yeah, and um, he's like a proper nerdy looking dude, the type of dude that we should all fucking listen to. Like he doesn't look like the type of guy that's trying to get attention. Mm. He's like balding. He's a bit fat. He just wears a hoodie. He doesn't give a fuck about the way he looks. And he, this is the kind of guy we should be fucking listening to before like robots start taking over.
1: Fuck's sake.
0: Yeah. So he literally took it. It's a legitimate thing. And he's come out and said, like he's telling, trying to tell people because he fucking wants people to fucking be aware that this shit, that, that Google has some apparently sentient fucking software.
1: Wow. I feel like Elon Musk needs to come to a rescue. He can be the what, what was the what was the, the guy in the first Terminator? Something coyle Coyle Reese Kyle. Coyle Reese? Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. Kyle yeah. Reese. Yeah, he he can be yeah. Elon Musk can be, <laughs> <laughs> be him. And then But how sketchy
0: is that? Mm-hmm. I like we're starting to hear, even if it's not true, the fact that there's somebody that there's software that's it's getting to blurring well, the line Google, already. Google's basically said, no, it's just loaded with so much data that it seems sentient. But this is the dude that made it and has been working with it day in, day out. And he was like, no, there's a fucking shift. Like he was talking to her about religion yeah. and it had a moment where he was like, we didn't program this, kind Mm. of.
1: I wonder like, where's that line there? What's the difference between seeming sentient and being? And having all the information already, yeah, yeah. And being able to access it. Well, I guess it's 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 choice-forming, isn't it? Yeah. From, what you, from the knowledge. But then how do you know? You're spitting out the information. If it seems, then how do you know? Because you don't, do I you, don't at that know. point? But we
0: won't know until it, all of a sudden there's no internet and rockets are flying through the air. Yeah. And then we'll all wish we'd moved to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> but back to training. Oh, fuck it up. Um, Tangent. That's, again, why you shouldn't use your apps in the gym. You're helping further sentient takeover. Yeah. So just stick to the p- paper, pen. Yeah yeah and you shit you see when there's a ho- when there's a, like there's some kind of massive fucking human holocaust mm. you'll still have your training guide you your little <laughs> pen and paper you will still yep. able to get shit done <laughs> yep. everyone else is getting fucking else like, more of their phones <laughs> uh, so what we've we got on so high frequencies way forward if you can uh, wrap your head around what we've said if you've got any questions obviously Thank always um hit us up uh I wanted to cover cardio. So split-wise, what's the perfect thing? If you can get in three days a week, that's enough. Ideally, four to five days will give you a little bit more dialed in progression, Able and you'll be able to just um, elaborate more on your training and, and um, get a bit more volume in there easier. So And again, again, more days a week is more frequency, which is more stimulation. Obviously, you still need, oh, that's what I wanted to cover. You still need the recovery. So in terms of your split in days, at least have two days off a week. Like you need that rest. The reason you need it is to let your central nervous system recover, to also let your body recover. Um, in terms of the high frequency, I feel like we get better recovery from that as well because again, you're not beating the muscle <laughs> to stiff, fucking death. <clears throat> um, and in, and so then what happens when you're coming home? Um, you're able. The muscle isn't as beat up. You're able to move through normal ranges of motion. Your DOMs aren't going to be as severe because you're getting normal DOMs and yeah. not fucking. Just muscular pain.
1: Well, also you, you'll get less DOMs anyway because of the higher frequency. Like your body, because you know everything's just signals, isn't yeah. it? It's You've just got to get them though. Don't get me wrong.
0: Like the, I, I can't sit on a toilet seat after squat days. Yeah, like, but the next day or two.
1: Well, if again though, I think for most people, your dim, your DOMs will start to reduce quite a bit when that frequency and the consistency of movements. Drops. Yeah, because. It depends how much you rotate exercises. If you rotate exercises loads, but it's more about just like sending a clear signal to your body. If you're somebody who wants to you know, build, build big legs and you know squats do that for you and you don't have any issues, if you start squatting three days a week, it's going to get you, good at it. Yeah, and you're not going to get much DOMs from squatting unless you do something very out of the ordinary. Say you're normally working in sets of eight, to 10, and then you chuck in a, a set of 20. Yeah. You'll get some well, severe I've got DOMs.
0: Some, I've got something for you on that
1: front. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's again just sending clear signals and. generally speaking a bit more frequency tends to have a little bit less doms yeah. yeah, it definitely does have less. They they are, Than doing like a one-off session where you yeah. smash everything. Yeah 100%, like, yeah,
0: 100%. Which then literally can cripple the way you move. Yeah. So it, 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 if you're reducing your natural ranges of motion then during the day because you're so beat up from the training, you're going to start getting impingements. You're going to start getting these kind of compensation movements through the day. You might sit worse at work and not be able to be as comfortable in your car. There's a yeah. shitload of follow-through. From, you're also not f- going to enjoy it. life in between because yeah. you're yeah. like, fucking, She's it just, just hurts. Fucked. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah, just going to suck. So then cardio-wise, on top of this, um, here's the thing. if you Do you need to do cardio to strip fat? No. Is it good for your heart and lungs? Yes. yes. So cardio should be done even, and here's one for you, when you're bulking. Why? Because it makes you a better fucking machine. If your heart, lungs, and blood supply are more efficient, you are going to be able to grow better. You're going to be able to utilize your calories better. You're going to have a more efficient digestive system, recovery system, everything. Because hand in hand with having a better pulmonary, vascular, lungy, lungy system. I can't remember the name of fucking...
1: what it cardio, cardiovascular. Cardiovascular system.
0: did not come to my head there. Yeah. Lungy, lungy, lungy. So lungy. if you want two good lungy, lungies and a good beaty beaty heart, and then all the red stuff, which is not actually red when it's in your system it's yeah. actually blue it's gravy yeah um to, to flow around nice and easy and smooth and you want to live longer and stay healthier cardio is a fucking must do you have to on a treadmill being bored no do you have to be on a fucking bike being bored no it can be anything it can be boxing it can be going out on long walks it can be doing hill sprints whatever the fuck gets your heart rate moving mm-hmm. just do that at least two three times a week
1: yeah and there's different adaptations depending on different types of cardio but for the most part, if you just fucking do something,
0: yeah, I would do, I would, and I would <clears> split it between a mixture of hit training and LIS. Hit is fun, but it will give you DOMS, so don't do hit training like sprints prior to leg day. Mm-hmm. Stupid, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So you would do the steady state if you want to do a treadmill work or something before the leg day. Then you do the hit training before chest day. You know, so there's so many avenues, and again, what I want you to do is not get bogged down in having to do one. Play, see what you enjoy do what you enjoy because if you do what you enjoy you're more likely to do it consistently but definitely have cardio in whether you're cutting or bulking it just needs to be in there as a base level all the time (sighs) and then the final one is sets and volume so here's the thing I think if you all if if you if you don't know anything work within an 8 to 12 rep range and you're golden Yeah, 8 to 12 12, you're getting a bit of both you're going to get a little bit stronger you're going to get that hypertrophy in there as well towards your end sets if you want to come down between 6 to 10 that's good too, mm-hmm. because then you can judge whether fatigue's bringing you down, or whether you know in which case the weights stay the same, or whether you need to up the weight to just pull those reps down. Because and the, and you'll notice I'm saying six to ten and eight to twelve, not ten or six. Yeah. Range, because if you set a certain number, I guarantee you'll start failing towards that number. Yeah, you do. Or yeah. you're putting it down too early. You'll start giving yourself mental blocks. Whereas if you give yourself a range, it works easy. If you're hitting the lower end, you know the weight's heavy enough. If you're hitting the upper end, back to back, you know, okay, this weight can go up.
1: It gives you wiggle room, doesn't it? So you can auto-regulate that session, like because that weight on a bad day because you've just not slept well or whatever else, you'll be on the bottom end of that range, but you're still in the range day you're flying you're right on the top end of that range yeah you, you and you don't have it's not going to attach any negative emotion to that training session yeah, you're just exactly. gonna be like oh, i'm still doing what i'm doing but so it's just I'm hitting my range yeah which but it's is just a goal. bit of a tougher day today yeah that's fine Not yeah it's not like As if you didn't hit eight
0: yeah if you only got to six you're like fuck yeah
1: that's the thing so i love strength-based programs, but they do come with a level of anxiety oh, with those yeah. sessions over time when you know that you need to be hitting certain numbers at certain percentages. Yep and a lot more intelligent programming now does allow some kind of auto regulation whether it be percentages with like a gap whether it be working off of rpe or um what's the other one like rir Repton reserve yeah which is basically exactly the same as rpe basically um and it's just ways of just accounting for the fact that every day isn't going to be the same, but yeah. you can still go in with the same level of intensity. So yeah, what you were saying, kind of eight to twelve, is sound for most people. It Doesn't mean that you can't do brilliant things below those rep ranges. No, no, or you above.
0: can. I'm just saying if you if you don't know, then hit those. But what ideally you want to be doing is make your first couple of if you want to do pyramid training, that's a good way of doing things where you will start lighter and slowly increment the weight up mm-hmm. to get heavier. In which case, the reps also aim to come down. Because as the weight goes up, weights come down. Because obviously you're not gonna be able to lift the heavier weights as many times as the lighter weights. But that is the most simplistic way of doing it. And and I do it, I do, I do like it, but I also feel that there is there are drawbacks to it in the fact, like you said, when you have off days and tired days, it you know, working up to that heavier weight when you're already tired, having to do the volume prior mm-hmm. can often hinder you. Whereas if you didn't have to do that volume set prior and went straight in heavier, you might get more reps out of that heavy one. So yeah. my suggestion for this would be have different weeks and this really works well for me. And it's, you'll have a volume week and then you have a heavy week and you can go back to volume and then you can do heavy. You can split it like that. Um I actually have three phases. So I'll have a volume and then a heavy and then a mind to muscle week. Yeah. And then i loop back round. And it really, for my mentality and my, my body, it works really well because by the time I finish my volume week, which is my, I actually start uh, 12 to 16 and then come down eight to 12. On the final sets. Yeah. So the first two are always higher. The final three, I always aim to let fatigue pull them down as in a volume week. Yeah. So it makes, makes me work harder. Yeah. Um, but then obviously the weight can go up a little bit as well to pull them down. By the time I finish my volume week, all my isolation movements are kind of really dialed in. And obviously the heavier movements are fucking hard at volume. So... The body's primed, but it's not really taking a beating joint-wise through the weights. So then by the time I come to, from going high volume into a low volume heavier week, the body's primed and, and, and loosey-goosey from the volume week. So it moves easily through the compound motions. But and then but then obviously having the heavy weight and hit, having to hit lower numbers, it seems easier mentally yeah. because it's a lower number. But also my body's not beat the fuck up from last week having to shift heavy load. Yeah. So and then then once that heavy week's done, I'm even to, don't be moving in the volume. So, the joints get a reprieve because I go to a mind to muscle, and that's contraction work. So, everything's a tight squeeze at the top. And ironically, you can only probably get between eight to 10 reps on this week. Yeah. So, even though the weight's light, because you're squeezing for one to two seconds of every single rep at the top, uh, it, the rep, your fatigue is fucking high on yeah. those. So, that's a, and then, and then, boom, you back to volume, it's all flow and go. So, if you guys want to give that a go, yeah, then balances bash. things out quite yeah. nicely. Yeah,
1: I know um, one of the things that you mentioned in terms of like how you'd regulate um, kind of a pyramid set and how that can sometimes be a negative because you've already done quite a bit volume before you get to the heavy yeah. set. You know, when we train together, I do not. It's not necessarily like a reverse. It's actually pyramid. really
0: good. Yeah, so top one. through do this one. Hang on. Yeah,
1: good. So it's not. I'm not doing it right now, but something that works very well for me. And this is maybe probably, I wouldn't do this as a beginner. I'd say this is a kind of an intermediate to an advanced kind of thing That's you're going to yeah, get the most need, out you of You need
0: it. your movement. To, be, to do this, you need to be um, adept at the mechanics of the movements you're going to do. So you don't want to be doing this if you're just learning to squat yeah. or just learning to bench press. You need to be quite... Uh, adept at those movements. You need to know how to lock everything in and have the joints safe and have and be moving through the correct ranges of motion before trying this.
1: Yeah, everything needs to be in, in place beforehand, which is why, again, I'd say that this is probably intermediate to yeah. advanced. Um, where I normally, I go through different phases, so I'm going to have to really generalize here. Yeah, But... And I used to work off an RPE scale, so RPE is rate of perceived exertion, uh-huh. which is another word for um, RIR, which like is reps, 10, reps in hard, reserve. Yeah, so I would do so an RP seven, for example, which is three reps in reserve. So I'm gonna work up to something heavy. So I'll start warming up. I'll work wor- work up to maybe like a double, so two reps at an RP seven. So that is a weight that I can. I can do in theory for five reps, but I only do two, so it's still fairly heavy. Then I'll back off for two to three sets of some more volume, maybe sets of eight to 10 at also an RP seven. The following week I'd follow the same protocol where it'd be a double, but now it's going to be an RP eight. So it's gonna be slightly higher intensity. Then same thing for my volume. That'll be RP eights then exactly the same the week after, I'll ramp up to an RPE 9. I'll very rarely ever go RPE 10 unless I fuck up my RPE and I accidentally hit an RPE 10, um, which does happen. Um, But yeah, I find for me, especially with having strength as a priority, volume is brilliant because that's what's actually going to drive these adaptations. But if you spend too long away from heavy loads, you actually decondition to being able to handle them. Yeah, dude, so- when I couldn't squat for ages, and I put that bar on the back of my neck for the first time,
0: all of the nerves that had been deadened over the years were fully fucking alive. Yeah. And the pain on my vertebrae yeah. of just having the bar there again was enough to put me off on some sets. Mm-hmm. Like, I really had to... St- and you remember, I, got a- I actually got an edema. You know yeah, yeah you? you had that, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Mark knows I had a fucking hunchback yeah. because of it. <laughs> yeah. For like a, a, oh, yeah, a good 42,000 right. yeah, yeah. lumped up, like properly had fluid there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, so you do for, need to definitely condition your body to these movements. Yeah.
1: So for me, I don't like to decondition from any heavy loads at any, any one point. So I always keep these in. So it's not like I've hit a one rep max. I've literally done something that I could have done for five for like two reps. Yeah. But still, relatively speaking, that might have been 200 kilos on a squat. It's still going to be quite heavy. I'm not going to do my volume at 200 kilos. Yeah. But then, you know, I might back down to 160. There's, al-
0: there's also that intelligent way of doing it where you would hit your heavy load uh, by the third set, mm-hmm. but then you deload for the following sets. But the body's perceived rate of exertion yeah. still thinks it's lifting the heavier yeah. reps, uh, heavier, heavier weights, and loads. Um, so by hitting your peak weight mid mid set yeah. mid mid exercise, yeah. and then f- backing off with is it two or three
1: volume sets, we did when we we're it, doing it. I think we did three, three. Um, you actually end up with bit, the same
0: yeah. gains as would be done by working for another three sets of that heavy. Yes, but less s- central nervous stress, joint stress, and uh, it's uh, it's fucking good mental boundary breaker too.
1: Yeah, it is, and it's really nice because when you, even if you know. 160 still feels heavy for me. But if I just had 200 on my back, 160 feels like fuck all. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, there we go. Easy, yeah, breezy, well. just like flying yeah.
0: through it. So you end up voluming with the heavier weight afterwards as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's a
1: nice way of feeling good. So and A also quick th- way
0: someone could add that into the thing just to give them an idea for them to try it.
1: So again, especially if you're, a, a let's little bit, say, you were squatting, your max squat was 100 kilos. Okay. And you're going to do this. Thing. Okay. If your one true one rep max is 100 kilos, yeah. You might work up to a double at 80 kilos, which is two, two yeah, two reps at yeah, 80 so kilos. People would be confused by doubles, yeah. Double so you, yeah, be. you might work two reps with 80 kilos, whereas really you could probably do that for a set of five, yeah. Like probably even six, maybe. Um, so set one would be what? So well, I would literally empty bar. This yep. is how I'd warm up. So empty bar, 40 kilos, 60 kilos, 80 kilos. And th- that 80 kilos is my first working set. Yep. That's going to be my heavy double too. Um, then I'd probably back down to around about 60 kilos for something like you know three sets of 10. That's again. I'd have to run the numbers because I'm. That's too far away for my maxes yeah. to work out but accurately. Just, just but so like, people can get this structure. And once you've done it, and it doesn't matter if you do it, and that's too easy. That's okay because. There's always next week or the yeah. next session, well, and the then you're like, okay, days, yeah. yeah, like okay, that was a little when I backed off for my volume, sixty kilos was actually a, a little bit too light. I still felt like I could have done more, yeah. so I'm going to do sixty-two point five. I'm going to do sixty-five, and also yeah. while I'm here, use the fucking incremental plates. Pisses me off. You don't have to do everything in sets in. It doesn't have to be a five kilo or a ten kilo jump. Like they make these little plates for, for a re- reason. Yeah. I like, use them all the time. Yeah, like the uh, especially on. Depending on how small or how weak you are on that kind of body part, those small jumps are massive. For example, you know, like a 200 kilo deadlift and a 100 kilo bench press. Those incremental jumps, you can make the same incremental jump, but doing a 10 kilo jump on a bench press is way different. What it would be on a 200 kilo max deadlift, if that makes sense. So it's use the incremental plates. And there's, there's even microplates. We have microplates at BCB that go to 0.25 of a kilo. Yeah,
0: because sometimes that, that's all you need to progress past plateau points is, you know, when something feels fucking heavy, but you need, you've you got another set to do. And you're like, but I want to get more weight. But there's no way I'm putting a five on each side. Adding just a kilo on top. Yeah. One mentally, you're like, well, I did fucking more and it moved and it felt exactly the same, yeah. which it will do. Um, it's just one of those where it gets you over that mental hurdle, but also it is adding that a bit of load, a little bit of extra load, slowly but surely over time,
1: because you can add more and more microplates. Mm-hmm. Which so, is one of the reasons I love barbells as well. Like that can be the trouble with certain fixed dumbbells. Yeah, yeah, fixed dumbbells. Dumbbells
0: at, are big jumps, man. When you look at them, two yeah. and a half kilos at a time on a dumbbell. Yeah, you're talking and sometimes that's that's five kilos. So, yeah, per, like, total. sometimes that's a thirty percent jump. Yeah, you know? yeah,
1: exactly. And also like cable stacks. Like you got like five kilo jumps. I was actually doing like a a cable chest press and I had like 45 either side, cranked it out for a set of 12. And I was like, oh, that's quite quite easy. I'll go up to 50. Just about managed to get it because I was only having 60 seconds rest. So that was kind of challenging. But like that 10 kilo jump was quite hefty for me. And uh, it just meant that like really I needed somewhere in the middle because I went from too easy to too hard (laughs) and I have no other options. So I was like... I'll just go again with the thing that's too hard. And I only got to, like, seven reps and failed. Yeah. And I, should, well, I shouldn't you have done do it, really. You do a drop set, then. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, oh, yeah. So, well, fuck, this is going to go on too long otherwise. So hopefully we need some ideas there. But here's some things you need to know alongside these. One, drop sets don't make you grow faster. They don't have any real added benefit other than the fact you can fit more shit into a shorter
1: time period. Yeah, same with supersets, drop sets, anything like that. And they're fun. It's condensing time, keeping yeah. you occupied, mentally stimulated. So
0: if you are... St- Struggling for time in the gym, drop sets are a great way of training. Mm -hmm. A great way of getting in more volume in a shorter time. But there's no real added benefit. And over time, they actually might fuck you up because it's a very intensive way of training. Yeah,
1: I think um, the risk of injury potentially is a little bit higher because of that level of fatigue that you're carrying through set after set because of very short rest intervals or no rest intervals.
0: Yeah, you're going to slip on technique, are not you, with it? So try your best as well throughout whatever you're doing to maintain mechanical stability in Mm -hmm. your movements stop letting other bits come in just because you're getting tired it's no excuse if you can't lift it because you're tired then you're fucking done yeah that's it technical technical failure failure. not bodily failure yeah yeah yeah. um rest times i tend to go for no more than a minute between sets unless it's a heavy heavy week in which case when you're pushing pushing heavy loads up to three minutes yeah Um, i go up to
1: five Sometimes yeah. again, see depending for on... me, I get too cold yeah. if I wait for that that long. It does depend on what your condition do as well. Yeah. Some people can go ten minutes, some, people but like yeah. for me, that's too extreme. Five minutes is normally a, a good amount of time for me with heavy loads. But we're and not talking like
0: that. it feels heavy. We mean active heavy fucking loads, like pushing your probably that. 80% mark on stuff I'd oh, even say 70%. like
1: no I'd even push it for like kind of 85 to 90% mark when right, that's, that's when you get the big rests. yeah and again it's what you're conditioned to if you're somebody who always does like 60 seconds rest you'll probably be pretty fresh after 3 yeah. minutes if you're somebody who always has 3 minutes rest you're probably going to be like as fresh as you need to be after 5 minutes
0: but during your fucking rest what don't we do Lou
1: Get on your phone go on and a go, fucking phone.
0: No, you don't. You sit there and you fucking Grindr. prep yourself for that next set. You either you stretch things out, you you warm things up, mm. you focus on what you're doing, you deload and load the bar, in. fucking move around. Don't yeah. sit and be on your fucking phone because that is not rest. That is not focus. That's not dialing you into where you're at. It's yeah. disconnecting you from your moments.
1: We've we've had uh, quite a few members that actually deliberately would like in between sets. They just walk. Yeah like yeah and, I, do all like, time. Yeah, and I, I was talking to them, and they actually started to track what they were doing and they're able to like rack up like 3 to 4000 steps over their like hour and a half training session yeah. from their like 2 minute rest intervals yeah so like you're getting your steps in you but you you're still recovering you're fine yeah. obviously it depends on the type of place you're in if it's very busy and you're probably going to lose your piece of kit if you get up and walk off I don't off.
0: know man I mean, imagine did you that's like quite busy all the time and I'm thinking more commercial I, was, so I, was, I, was, I have a bag by it yeah. leave, leave your water bottle there or whatever you know what I mean Yeah, some but, commercial places they're just going to fuck that off just and walk it. back and forth in short 10 foot spaces yeah. that's what I used to do, pace back and forth yeah. but it's keeping you present as well you're present in the fucking moment mm-hmm. the moment you go on your phone you're fucking detaching I'm telling you now it's affecting you negatively so just yeah focus make rests an actual fucking rest but it's a focus it's a rest for the mind reset the mind get ready and fucking
1: prime yourself to get back in um I think um, one of the things I wanted to say also is don't get too hung up on the... Like Obviously, we're talking about the splits. So for me, some of my favourite splits at the moment is going to be an upper lower and a full body and also a push-pull legs, but you can combine them. If you wanted to train three days a week... But you wanted to get a little bit more volume in on, like, you know, more accessory work or fluff work in, which you can't really, you don't have space to do that with three full bodies. So you can do a full body upper lower. And you can, if you wanted to do five days a week, you can do upper lower push pull legs.
0: Just make sure when you do do that that you stick to it for a good amount of time. Trialing it out, don't yeah. do it for like one week and then flip it out the next week and then flip out. So yeah, I, do it I, for at least four
1: weeks. Yeah, I was gonna say do like spend some time with it, and it really depends on. I was doing upper lower for quite a while. You know, Monday Tuesday was upper lower, Wednesday off, Thursday Friday upper lower, weekend off, and I got to a point where I was like, I want to add in a little bit more accessory work. Yeah. There's a few things I want to work on, and I'm just struggling to condense all that down into upper lower and make that session efficient. So I was like. I'm gonna do upper lower push pull legs, mm. and it just spread it a little bit thinner. Allowed me to get a bit more like direct arm work in there, which is something I've always neglected. Yes. Yeah, and actually really feeder. liked it. Feeder, exercises. yeah, little feeder yeah. exercises, and I actually felt really fresh for it. But now I don't have time to get in five days a week, so I'm doing this four day a week body like full body split, which has got two longer sessions, two shorter sessions. So if I'm pressed for time, I just pull out one of the short ones. And they're all interchangeable; they all overlap, so it's quite nice. So it, yeah. That's one of the things I did really like, which I've never had before. I've never been able to just be like, "Oh, I'll pick out workout three because that's one of the shortest." Because yeah. I'm in a rush today, I've got yeah. a meeting.
0: That's the thing about being adaptable as well, and realizing that that you can be. You don't have to be stuck to this like regimented regime. You know, it, it has to have it has to have a core structure to it but it needs to also be malleable and flexible and interchangeable and work with your with like you said focusing on certain areas you want to work on and and all of that so what's good for one person might not be good for you and so that and that's part and part of the journey and and, and going along and trialing different things and, and and being like well i really like that i don't so much like this and then slowly over time you adapt
1: we should put our heads together and put out a plan
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The crew cast plan. yeah we should yeah. yeah
1: and we're saying that there's not an optimal <laughs> training split but the one me and lex will We'll, until we'll, we'll, now we'll, until now this <laughs> is what it's been leading to right you, <laughs> for 9.99
0: we, we started this one we're thinking like oh this will be a, just a short short easy one to go through fuck me it's such a massive topic so and if you've got a bit confused we've got there, questions as well we? we've got questions here, just wary of because we, we want to try and keep these podcasts a little bit shorter because we were running into two hours too often yeah um so we're going to now go on questions so if you we, if you want any more covered on the fitness bit that we just talked about you have to let us know messages um and then Comments. we will we will add it into the following x ex- episodes. Yeah, us have a little looksy looksy. So go on, what have you got? Okay,
1: um, only got a couple here. But um, so this isn't really my field of specialty, but the best training split for combat athletes. So we he doesn't actually work with us anymore. We're still friends. He's just moved out of the area. Uh, Jake, you worked with him a little bit. Yeah, Jake's- So one of the things he specialised in was combat athletes um and saying what's the best training split for combat athletes and i probably would agree and from what i've seen it is actually going to be full body because mo- like you've got a lot of fatigue already from your sports specific um kind of your combat work basically yeah so you don't need crazy amounts of volume this is more prehab basically preventing yourself getting injured while you know Maybe when you're very far away from a fight, building strength. If you haven't even got a fight planned or whatever else, that's when you would be building strength. But you don't want that to ever be taking away from your technical, your skill work, basically. No. So a full body kind of two to three times a week with not a huge amount of volume, your training is going to look very different to somebody who's training purely yeah. for, for hypertrophy you're or strength.
0: also want to adapt to movements as well to be towards your sport yes. which is obviously fighting so what i used to do a lot of was kind of like instead of doing shoulder press i would do barbell punch outs mm-hmm. where you have the barbell Land in a either in a corner yeah. or in a landmine attachment yeah and then you hold the top so one end of the barbell is effectively into the floor on a pivot and then you hold the other end with like a 10 kilo weight on it and you punch out and mm-hmm. up at an angle you punch up an angle rotating through with your hips and pushing through but then i would go and do normal chest press yeah. and stuff like that as well higher yeah. volume and then that i i worked a lot like that again things like um lunges and stuff like that are going to be really good yeah. but you want you want to stay away from i mean if you're going to start doing deadlifting you want to look at explosive deadlifts mm-hmm. and things like that you don't want to be racking up massive pulls where you're stressing out all your erectors
1: yeah it's again it's risk to reward you'll see a lot yeah. of, a lot of uh, combat athletes that are actually gonna do trap bar um a lot more you'll yeah. see trap bar being used quite a lot more it varies as well because you've said combat athlete so it va- depends because mm-hmm. There's so much variety. Yeah.
0: But we've got an idea at least. Yeah, yeah.
1: The, kind of getting into the specific exercises themselves, that's that's very much out of the scope of this. That's a really long conversation.
0: <laughs> so these are obviously just fitness questions as well. We, yeah. It's no longer about just training. We, yeah. we put out, thing to say fitness questions. So we've got one. Um, Will you do a Lex and Lewis gym session with me for my birthday, please? <laughs> and that is S1 Monarch. I don't know. I don't know, do you try and lose gym?
1: Yeah, if you're, if you're yeah. around. Yeah. You yeah. never know, you get lucky and when's your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: for Mr. Lewis, any plans to open any more BCB gyms in the future?
1: Yeah, yeah, there yeah. is. Not not anytime soon, but soon, like at some point it would be, uh, you know, it's on the card. It's something that I want to do. I've got a lot that I want to get done first in terms of, I want everything to be as close to perfect as possible. And I know that's, not, that's easier said than done, but feel like replicating something. If I'm replicating, say I've got BCB that's operating at 80% of its potential, then I duplicate what I've got. Then I've got two facilities operating at 80% of their potential. So I've got 40% ground to cover. Yeah. Whereas if I can get it to 95% then duplicate it, then I've only got 10% ground to cover. So any problems that I come across later on down the line are just going to be so much easier to solve. So yeah, I am... Maybe a bit of a perfectionist, but also I know that there's still loads of room for growth and improvement on our current model. Yeah. So yes, you know, answer in a word. <laughs> I Definitely think the structure's there for it. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, biggest mistake you see people doing when training? Being on the phone. <laughs>
1: what did I know that was coming? It up? is.
0: I just they can't. Comp- you can You're detaching yourself from the moment that should just be between you and the training. You and mental, mentally getting through that session boosting yourself up being your own fucking cheerleader yeah. you know and and also when training sessions are tough, dude, when I come out of a set and I'm dying, it takes all my focus to sit, slow my breathing, slow my heart, and prime myself for that next set. Especially if I've only got 30 seconds, yeah. I will sit and pace and count out loud 30 seconds. One, two. I'll count it so that I know I'm not procrastinating and I'm not. Whereas if you've got your phone, time becomes a little bit irrelevant. Suddenly your 30 seconds rest oh. becomes three minutes rest. Yeah. And you haven't realized, you know, because you get engrossed into something. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just pulling you away. I think that and, um, thinking you've discovered something no other fucker's ever done Yeah, like if you're doing some shit nobody else is doing chances are you're fucking shit up yeah you're being an idiot yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: very good chance of it Um, don't complicate the basics yeah I think that's it don't yeah overcomplicating shit don't fucking try and reinvent the wheel if you're um, just starting
0: out, you don't need to be doing a shit ton of rotational movements. You need to be focusing on linear mm, compounds. Focus on, yeah, focus yeah. on some uh, compound lifts. and, yeah, and get them that, dialed
1: in. people that don't know what compound versus isolation are, it's not actually about the muscles. It's about the amount of joints that are being used. So by definition, a compound is a, a multi-joint movement, such as a squat. You know, the, your hips are moving, your knees are moving, your ankles are moving, multiple yeah. joints, opposed to a bicep curl, just elbow. just the elbow. So that's the that's the definition, and je- and by definition again, if more joints are moving, more muscles are being worked. Yeah. Um. For me, I'd say the biggest mistake I see people making is is maxing out too often. Um, yeah. Because there's multiple reasons why that's fucking silly. Because and I know especially when people are newer to lifting and they're like, oh, I've got a PB, oh, I've got a PB. So firstly, there's a, a very clear difference between actually building strength and demonstrating strength when you're maxing out your shift it don't lift yeah you're, it. you're demonstrating yeah. strength is that actually going to be that useful um in the long run yeah you still get some training stimulus from a one rm but is it enough volume to really drive much kind of progress no, they, they've, pretty, and, they've
0: shown i don't think it has no. a, a, a hypertrophies effects minimal
1: Yeah, it's, it's yeah it's minimal because the volume's so low and also the level of like everything has a, a um stimulus to fatigue ratio yeah a one rep max very high fatigue ratio very low stimulus when you're doing you know a set of 10 with like two reps left in the tank Good good stimulus, good fatigue, it's manageable, that's a sweet spot. And each exercise as well is gonna have different stimulus to fatigue ratios. A heavy squat is gonna carry more fatigue than a leg press, for example. Yes. But also more stimulus. Yeah. So going fucking off topic, maxing out is bad from the point of stimulus to fatigue. It's also running the risk of injury so much mm-hmm. higher. But also what these people are doing and I'm no I don't mean to like point the finger at anybody, but like you're building yeah. okay, yeah, I am, I'm pointing yeah. it right at you right there. I fucking see you. Maxing <laughs> out right now. So what you're doing is you're building an emotional relationship with these numbers, and when you first start lifting, you're gonna hit PBs all the time because you're shit. And yeah. you can do anything and be less shit. <laughs> when you actually start to like properly make adaptations to training that rate in hitting PBs drops off a fucking cliff. Oh, fuck yeah. And, and your th-
0: attempts at PBs drop off as well because you shouldn't be practicing more than that once every five or six weeks.
1: Well, yeah, that exactly. But some people come in and they think, oh, I'll, max, I'll try and max out again. And they their first six months of training, they can max out and p- hit new PBs most weeks. Oh, yeah. And then after you do this for a little while, you start to not get PBs. And then you're like, oh, what's going on? And then you start to feel shit about your training. Yeah. And it's because you've been—you're now addicted to getting PBs. Like I've gone twelve months without hitting a PB. I've trained solidly, consistently, without hitting a PB. That's real. That's real life. Yeah. That's fourteen years later of training. Like, if you are so emotionally attached to hitting numbers. When they stop coming, you're going to feel pissed off. So, yes, have goals, but you need to learn to love the process as well because that's that's actually what's going to keep you going. That is good.
0: Yeah, don't forget about enjoying the journey Mm because it was a big one. That is a big one. Yeah, enjoy the process. Uh, How can I improve my strength on squats? Everything else is progressing. Squats aren't. If everything else is progressing, this is uh, – I think it's a girl. I can't see. It's very small. Is that Laura? Laura. Yes.
1: She's a member of yeah, BCB. I saw oh, okay. she put this up on a story the other day. Um, um,
0: well, are your mechanics of your squat correct for starters? Hers are. Yeah, her squat's uh, decent. If that's, if that's the case, then um, how often are you squatting? Again, <laughs>
1: probably too frequently, if yeah. anything.
0: So, and do you have a protocol for actually improving strength on a movement rather than just improving the muscularity of your legs?
1: Yeah. Oh, so I'm not sure what her plan is. I know that she trains lower body very frequently, comparatively to her upper body which if obviously if that's her if that's her prerogative if that's what her targets are I personally would have a slightly um, more leveled out split I wouldn't I wouldn't be squatting more than three days a week I'm not sure quite what she's doing I'd probably say it's about that yeah. um, All of her other lifts have been moving well most most of the time you're pretty lucky if everything's going all at the same time oh, yeah. like you, sometimes you'll be like oh yeah my you know my, my deadlifts and my RDLs are moving really well and my hip thrusts are moving well but my squats not and then other times your squats going well and your hip thrusts are but your RDLs are not like yeah. having everything flying at once again that's the reality the longer you train the less likely you are to have that happen um Based on well, just kind of working around, a real easy way to get progression with a lift is to move to a very close variation. So what I might recommend for, for Laura would be like a pause squat. Just restart her, whatever her tra- training cycle is, reset her numbers and then start doing some pause squats. So do yeah. a, you know, a two count pause at the bottom or even a tempo squat or maybe a pin squat, other other variations that are very similar to the normal movement because you're going to get those neurological adaptations. Again, you're basically, it's a fresh movement for you. Yeah. So you get this new little burst of progression and you'll probably find by some of these variations, like a two-second pause squat, when you have been running that pause variation for 12 weeks, you'll probably be very close to doing that same number you could do on your regular squat for a pause. And then when you go back to a regular squat, you might have a week where it feels a bit off because you're just readapting to a new movement, but all of a sudden you'll be hitting PBs again. Mm-hmm. So it might just be that think, you've hit a bit of a I think as well, recall. if you
0: dial your squat in and you've got the mechanics down, it's a very hard movement to get anything new from over time. Mm-hmm. Unlike bench press, deadlift, and stuff like that, where you can tweak an elbow position, you can lock in a bit, you know, you, yeah. with a deadlift, you can roll elbows in a little harder. I don't think you have that same kind of variability with a squat motion, it's either fucking locked in or it's loose. Yeah. There's no there's none of that kind of middle ground. No. But whereas we get you, there is a bit more middle ground with the other movements, which might be something that's happening. Like your other movements might you might just be dialing them in slowly a bit better and better. Yeah. Whereas because you're squatting so much all the time, you're just fucking great good at squatting and you're in that point where you're at a plateau. Yeah. Yeah. So there's it. a lot to consider but yeah and, and that's it's helpful. also
1: riding a wave as well sometimes you will just plateau for a little bit. Yeah you just got the
0: variation in movement is a great a yeah. great suggestion. Yeah.
1: And also maybe look at your bracing I'm not sure what your bracing is like and by that I mean like your intra-abdominal
0: bracing yeah just uh, re-investigate the movement as well are you you feeling it in all the right places or is it starting to cross over into other bits are you getting some compensation that's not seen through the mechanics but you can feel it Mm. you know and if so you need to reposition that load a little bit yeah Uh, what would you say is the optimal rest period between sets or how do you judge it so we've already covered that one for you yeah yeah. Um, best high protein foods I don't have enough time for 3000 calories a day well, I don't know why you're relating protein to calories because yeah. that's a bizarre thing to do. They're two separate They're things, com- yeah. One is, I mean, one is of the other yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um. Best high protein food. So you're trying to get pro- if you want calories, eat fat. Mm, yeah. Nine calories per gram compared to four of protein and carbs. Yeah.
1: What you what are you trying to achieve? If, if you
0: want, yeah. So if your protein is around about 180 grams a day, you are crushing it.
1: And also, I don't have time for 3,000 calories. I can eat 3,000 calories, 3, calories in is, like half an hour.
0: 3,000 cal- calories is cutting weight. It's yeah. cutting calories. Yeah. So like, that is easy. You could you could have a
1: you're eating too many pizza. fucking salads, mate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, you need to simply. Uh, I would go a bit lower carb and go higher fat, and then you'll easily hit calories. It's mm. not that hard. And your protein isn't your focus for calories. Yeah. Calories are an overall combination of protein, carbs and fats and if you don't understand that you need to look up macros yeah. and macronutrients and understand that there are, you can do a really simple split what uh, you can do 40% protein, 40% carbs, 20% fats or you can do 40% protein, 30% carbs, 30% fats. Or what I actually like to do is 30% protein, 30% carbs, 40% fats. Or it's even a bit higher on fat sometimes than the carbs. I like to do 30% protein around about 25%. percent you just say numbers now. 35. <laughs> is what I do. Over, as yeah. long as I've hit eighty, 180 grams of protein... <sighs> I'm good. So whatever percentage hits one hundred eighty grams, then the rest of the rest of the percentage left over is put into carbs and fats. But my carbs often will be around twenty five percent of that calorie allowance, and then the rest is made up with fat. So I've had times where I've been fifty percent fat orientated because my carb because I've just not needed the carbs as much, and I will cycle my carbs. carbs I cycle my carbs around my training as well as best I can when I'm when I'm in a flow. (laughs) around about 70% of my full daily intake of carbs will go in and around my training Mm. and the rest of the days is is satiated with fats and protein. And I find that works really well, especially on a mental level and even mood level as well. Um, How old were you when you first started working out and what made you start? So I was always a kid that loved sport. And if I got moody, my mum used to send me out on bike rides Mm. and I come back happy. So I was always very physically orientated. I think I got, I mean, I was watching Bruce Lee and Stallone and Arnie, and I was like, well, how do you get that gym? And that was probably around about 14 I started feeling that way, like that's how a bloke should look, and that's when I started. I went to the running club gym because we were allowed in under 16 because I remember the running club, so you could go in, and I used to buy a packet of Lucasaid sweets every time, nice. and I'd eat them during in-between sets, nom, nom, yeah. nom, nom, and I'd just do pec deck, sprinting, barbell shit, yeah. you know, just in there. But I think um, 15, probably 14 or 15 is when I really started actually focusing on what training was and then up until i think uni was my peak moment though where there was a gym available for a very cheap it was like 60 pound for the whole 6200 pounds for whole year because you're obviously a student yeah and then um it was just there every day. And it was on campus, so I'd go for my lecture. Nice. Everyone else would go to the fucking pub in the afternoon. I'd go to the gym and then meet them afterwards. Yeah, that sounds good. And I was the only guy that came back that I'm aware of from my time in my first year when you and your all meet up from college. <laughs> yeah. And you all meet yeah, up after your first year of uni. They all came back like slightly fat, and I came back like looking more jacked. Yeah, I was the like, only one. Okay. Everyone else just put weight on.
1: Class. Bad weight. Yeah, for me... Um... 16 was when I started training consistently because that's how old I needed to be to have a gym membership. I literally joined a gym on my 16th birthday. I think I was consistently training by 16. Yeah, I, I'd done bits, but About, again, yeah. it was like body weight stuff. But I remember the same watching like Stallone films or watching normal combat and doing like press ups and the, the. Dude, in the living yeah, 100%. Room. And like I boxed and I played rugby and I played basketball and I played, I did all kinds of things as a yeah. kid. I just was. So shit. I never
0: did any of the fighting stuff until I came back from uni. Yeah, that's bizarre, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah so we both started around the same time around about 15, 16 um, what's your favourite split e.g. upper lower body part push pull legs etc so well, mine apply, mine is the higher frequency style I think I would, I've loved that for so long now I never get bored of it um and then i can add in when I, at the moment i'm not doing the phases but i will when i'm back in my regiment add in the phases of that volume heavy mind to muscle loop background and yeah. then it just gets like i never get bored of it and every week's different, so even feel fucked from the heavy week doesn't matter because next week's concentration contraction yeah. and i can go slow and steady let myself recover and the volume is just always fun because it's, for me it's like fighting yeah. so i'll like rip through those sets strictly but then only 30 seconds rest and fucking go i love that i love having to pick the weight up when i'm still hurting from the last set yeah yeah. Because, again, it's safe because it's a volume set. I'm not picking it up hurting the last set, having to shift load. Mm. It's just volume.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, for me, probably, I'd probably say upper-lower um, is overall, if I had to pick one, my favourite. So that'd be four days a week, two uppers, two lowers. Yeah, spread nice and evenly throughout the week. And, again, how my actual periodization would work a lot of the time. I work in phases of RPE, so I would have a week at RPE7. Or sometimes I'd have a week at RP six, a week at RP seven, week at RP eight, week at RP nine.
0: Like kind of too much in the tank on rpe six.
1: Uh, yeah, but that's like uh, that's normally if I'm a bit deconditioned to training. Yeah. So then I would come in. So that is a very light, easy week. Deliberately, rpe seven is when you actually start feeling so, that you're do you working. Get something from that week, though. You still do. Or yeah.
0: Do you, are you left with a nagging feeling?
1: Um, I still get something hundred uh, percent. what it does is basically allows me to smoothly transition into week seven without carrying loads of DOMs. That's true. Um, do you know what
0: I would do in that RPE six? I'd add in boxing. You know, yeah, at the yeah. end, something at the end that exhausted me. Yeah. But it wasn't going to give me like crazy uh,
1: DOMs or anything. Yeah. For me, for the most part though, that'd only be if I'm completely deconditioned to that type of training. If I was restarting you a block. Often do an RPE six. So no, it would be like an RPE normally and if everything was rolling, week one would be RP seven rpe8 rpe9 which by that point you're carrying a fair amount of fatigue so yeah, i would but, deload yeah. on the fourth week and then back that's to rpe7 so it's
0: a similar thing yeah so it just ramps yeah, yeah. And, and uh go.
1: yeah that's pretty much it that's well, how i think, think that's like enough
0: give. information for you guys for one week how uh, long are we
1: that time was uh yeah we're
0: doing we're probably about 120 so we'll go back good to stop okay i think we're, we're going to try and dial these these fuckers in yeah until we have guests and then we'll just drink whiskey and have fun yeah. but we might make those into two parters
1: yeah i think so i think think let us know actually let us know
0: if we do what would you rather would you rather have like um like a a 90 minute podcast or would you rather we do two hours but split it into two parts so you'd have two one hour podcasts Mm, and then we would probably would release we could release them and then would you want them released on the same day as two parts or would you want one part on a monday and the next part on like a thursday
1: yeah, because I have seen a few comments and a few people have mentioned to me in person that they they fell behind on the crewcast just because it's so a lot long. of time
0: to adhere to something. And yeah. I do, I, I fall behind on on Joe Rogan's and stuff like that. And I, I pick and choose which ones I'm going to listen to because there's nowhere I can listen to each one every day because they're too yeah. long.
1: Yeah, it's not um, you know that short form kind of. You know, no one minds clicking a ten minute video, but how many people are going to want to listen yeah. to us for two hours? That's true. Like you've got to dedicate a fair amount, fair chunk of time to that. Yeah yeah so So, yeah let us know
0: let us know your thoughts and we'll obviously this is all a learning curve for us as well so we're just enjoying the process as you should be doing with your training so there we go hope you've all had uh, a bit of enjoyment from this made some notes you can always go back and um, you can always ask questions make sure to rate us as well if you're on whatever platform if you can leave us a review or a comment or rate us then please do it always does help
1: yes it does help us massively and
0: that's it cheers for coming in boy Midweek, Probably. I know it's was because you got to shoot back home. So yeah, I know. I'm going Appreciate to
1: uh, I'm going to Scotland on Saturday. I'm going to go and see the pups. So it's, they're six weeks old. So this is where we pick pick <sighs> yeah. the pup. Peter Popper picked a pup. Big pup. So Peter Poppers. We'll,
0: we'll talk about that one next week. so That'd be fun. Yeah, that's it? it. So until then, if you've had a good week, bring forward what was good. Leave behind what was bad. And make your own fucking energy. Have a great week, people. We'll catch you in the next one. Toodle pip. Toodle pip.